Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're talking digital first companies. <laughs> or digital native companies, whichever you want to talk, or whatever phrase you want to use. I'm so excited. Chris Schifferling is here on the podcast today. He's with Global Wired Advisors, and they are like experts in this space. We are debating which is the right phrase to use, digital first or digital native. So we're going to unpack that in a few minutes. But they do a ton of work in e-commerce SaaS and work with digital agencies. And um, if you're in this space or you're using these platforms, you're really going to uh, appreciate this conversation. So Chris, so great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're here. Um, such a hot area right now. We, you know, I bet one in at least uh, three out of four guests on our show are digital natives, um, or they're like they come to life through e-commerce and grown into retail stores. So, I, a very relevant conversation. I was excited to talk to you. Um, yeah. Before, before we get there, though, how about share a little bit about your background and how you got to Global Wired. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just kind of, I'll, I'll walk you through uh, how we all how we all ended up here. We have it's a four partner led firm, but I'll start with my background and be succinct. So I actually started in in CPG. I worked in the toy and, and baby um, uh, industry, mainly in, in juvenile products um, for for majority of my career. So I started off uh, selling strollers and car seats car seats for a uh, company that uh, was based in Japan. Um, and, um, I worked there for over seven years and, uh, worked my way up to a, uh, du- director of, uh, pretty much ran their sales and marketing left and went to a company called Evenflow, which was a really large, uh, large baby products company, primarily selling, I think majority of what they sold was, was, was car seats, but, you know, had a lot of, uh, you know, proprietary brands like extra saucer that, that was their brand and, um, feeding is how they started. They actually started back in like 19, like 19, um, um, making rubber nipples for bottles. And so, uh, yeah, it was a private equity owned business. Um, so that really taught me a lot about what it was like to work under private equity. Um, it's got its pros and cons. You work around some of the smartest people literally in CPG and, but you are governed by some of the most cutthroat people that, uh, that exist in business. And so, uh, I, uh, I, I spent three years there as a senior director of sales and I worked a lot with, with, uh, obviously in trade marketing, I was a key account totally. manager for, you know, sold into all the large big box stores. Oh, I love um, it, man. You're speaking my language. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny you asked about clients versus customers before we got on the show. And I'm so used to coming from the world of, I've got customers, not clients. Now totally. working in an investment bank, totally. it's clients, not customers. <laughs> so so, yeah. We're not taking orders over here. So, uh, no, so anyways, so but, um, yeah, so so I spent time with Evenflow, and then I left and went to a a really nice high end premium stroller and car seat company um, based out of Barcelona, about one hundred and twenty million dollar family uh, owned business, and uh, was their executive general manager, getting them um, pretty much set up in North America. So spent about four years there, and I left to, to do my own consulting thing. So, you know, I was tired of a buyer's opinion. You probably appreciate this. So I was so tired of the buyer's opinion and their subjective nature where I would totally. bring in product and they would say things like, I feel like, I just don't think that. 
<laughs> and I said, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go talk directly to the consumer. That's right. where I want to go talk. I want to go find out and survey them. I want to find them and I want to see what they think, not you. I don't care what you think about anymore. So I, I actually, at that point, I had about a half a million dollars worth of inventory sitting in a warehouse. And so I, I went on to this, just this small little bookseller called Amazon.com <laughs> and uh, went, <laughs> yeah. to the, went, went to their marketplace and I learned how to sell a widget direct to consumer through the Amazon Seller Central platform. And so, you know, how do I, because it's more than just, it, it's it's way different than just, in, in, you know, placing an item on eBay. There's a lot of strategy behind it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of intelligence on how you get the consumer to purchase on that marketplace. And I did it. I, I went from, I got rid of all my inventory. I learned, I learned how to take a widget, optimize a listing, and then advertise it and sell it. And so again, got the consumer's opinion. From there, I really learned kind of how to how to digitally think, and sure. um, really became a student of how to reach the consumer through SEM, so Facebook, Instagram, SEO, and 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 Google AdWords, and really studied you know call it digital marketing. And from there, I actually was a consultant helping enterprise clients formulate good digital strategy. Wow. Love that. Uh, because what a there's, cool a, there's a lot of, I mean, yeah. So I met these guys, my partners are all bulge bracket investment bankers. So they came from city Deutsche Wells, bank of America, you know, working as managing directors. And when we came together, our thesis was pretty simple at global. We started the, we started the business saying, Hey, e-commerce business, uh, business owners, brand owners in the lower middle market where they've got revenues of seven, eight, 10 million to call it $80 million. Sure. And when they're ready to sell their largest asset that they've built, their options are very poor. And so we want to deploy a fortune 500 investment banking sell side process to a business owner and founder that, that does not have access to that and, and optimize their outcome. And really at the end of the day, make them a lot of money. Got it. So yeah, and that's how, how I ended up. That's here pretty cool. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. What a cool concept and what a great background. Like a hybrid, like industry side as well as um, the digital side. So talk about what you guys are doing today. How do you engage clients, and do they come to you, or are you pursuing them? How does that work? Uh, a lot of, I mean, at the beginning when we started about three, well, three and a half, four years ago, it was a lot of pursuing them and and continuing to pursue them. You know, and really. It's all about it's all it's it's just like anything, right? It's where are the buffalo finding water? And so for us, we go to a lot of digitally focused conferences, you know, direct to consumer. Um, I mean, uh, nowadays, even even you've got you know conferences that were more focused on trade marketing are are more focused on digital marketing totally. because you know, that's, that's where, that's how you have to capture the consumer's attention. It's not necessarily on shelf. The shelf is actually kind of like the distribution center. <laughs> right. you know, you're you're totally. winning their hearts and minds uh, digitally and on their phones and on TikTok and on, you know, Instagram, et cetera. And so, yeah, we do go to a lot of conferences. We have a lot of partnerships with digital marketing firms. Um, we have a lot of partnerships with like you know, the guys who are selling the shovels for, you know, d digital first, digitally native businesses, um, software companies, et cetera. So, um, so that's really how I, we find our clients and, and, you know, referrals are really big in any service-based business as, as you probably sure. well know, yeah, you know, it's, know. it's, Hey, I worked with this guy, we sold their business. We sold it for a lot of money. They had a great time. They had a great process. And then now, they're, you know, they tell all their friends who they're in a mastermind with, hey, you actually need to go talk to Global Wired because those guys are investment banking professionals. They'll get you lots of money, et cetera. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Now, how does so walk us through a scenario? So that when they when these clients come to you, 
do they need to meet a certain criteria? Are they, what's your kind of evaluation method for determining who yeah. to work with? Great question. I mean, look, we like to talk to people who may even be, be in the beginning of their stages just to start having strategic conversations because, I mean, look, bottom line is day in, day out, every single day we wake up and we talk to the buy side. We talk to the buy side of, um, you know, digitally native businesses and we know exactly what they're looking for. And we know, we know where they're going to try and find holes. And we also know where they're going to really find a lot of, um, will be heavily attracted to the business. So the earlier we can talk to them, you know, the more we can influence the, the particular business owner getting, getting the right answers to the test because we can give them the answers. Sure. Um, so, so, so that's one part I'd say the other part too, the other part is I'd say, you know, six to 12 months prior to them really wanting to seriously go through a process to sell their business. That's when we probably, that's more of our sweet spot. We can really start working with them strategically to dive into all their qualitative and quantitative data. Um, and we can start influencing where, you know, hey, you might want to focus on this or buy side's going to actually pay attention to this. You need to get that fixed first. Sure. You know, it could be a myriad of things. And then, um, but that's usually when we like to work with them. And criteria is is really just based on, it's based on two things. It needs to be brand oriented, brand focused. And it really needs to have revenues starting in between seven to 10 million upwards of 80 million. I mean, that's really our sweet spot. Got it. And then is it fee-based or do you invest in the businesses? How does that work? We don't invest in the businesses. It is fee-based. Um, so, you know, we, we, we really 99% of the, the revenue or cash or success fee or commission, whatever you want to call it, that we make on selling the company um, is when the brand, brand owner makes their money. So, Got you know, they're not, we're not draining resources. Right. We're not, we're not draining, you know, the, the, the bank, you know, we're very confident. We spent a lot of time pro bono with the business owner, giving them a ton of strategic advice and when we put an engagement letter in front of a particular business owner, brand owner, we're very confident at that point that we're going to get a deal for them. And so it makes us confident in saying, hey, we don't need big retainers up front. We don't need monthly retainers. We're so con- There's no bait and switch here. We're so confident in what we do, knowing now what you do and knowing your data, that when we take right. you out to market, we're going to get you a really good sale. Um, and so that's the lion's share of where we make our money is at the table with, uh, with the brand owner. Got it. Makes sense. Um, and then uh, what do you, are there, do you, do you have a lot of opportunities to say no? In other words, are, are there you know, enough clients not coming to you that you have a number that just don't meet what you guys are looking for? And do you still stay in touch with those brands? How does that work? All the above, you know, the way we like to work is we're a very non-pretentious firm, <laughs> you know, and investment banks, investment banks can be a bit scary, right? I know that uh, right. they're, they're a little elusive in terms of, you know, hey, you guys are working on lots of complex financial structures and, you know, you, we don't just, we don't just, we're not business brokers. So we're not just putting something on a website and hoping that somebody wants to buy the company, right. you know, we're, we're diving in as your advisor to really help you clean diligence, clean up and fix the problems as well as taking you on a big marketing process to try and sell the company. But yeah, we're not pretentious. So if you come to us, we'll help you. We'll still help you with the analysis piece. Um, and if there's work that needs to be done, we'll come alongside you. We have a ton of vetted resources to really help you. What, no matter what it might be. I mean, you might come to me and you know, you've, you've got a great brand and you're starting to grow, but you're saying, Hey, my ad spend has gotten a little out of control. Right. It's, you know, my PPC spend is a little crazy. I don't trust my current digital marketing firm. Do you have someone you can introduce me to? 
Yes, I do. Who Got only it. works with CPG brands and can do a really good job at scaling and growing the business. So yeah, awesome. we'll, we'll, to answer your question. Yes. Hard <laughs> facts. We say no more right. than we say yes. Yeah. Because we do that. a lot of vetting of the businesses for sure. And then when you say digital native enterprises, uh, and now we, you can tell me, we were joking about this before we hit record about whether it's digital first now. And, um, but what does that look like? And uh, do you take others as well? You know, others that are bigger in retail versus e-commerce? Short answer is yes. I mean, the reality is, and we're, we're going to probably change our language just a little bit on our website for 2.0, <laughs> but um, we're a consumer products focused investment bank. We're very boutique, right? So I don't have a managing director that's running agriculture and another right, one that's running right. IT and et cetera. You know, we are only consumer products. That's it. And so because of, because of my background and because of my partners and our, and our transactions team, along with our research team, you know, we can pretty much work within any consumer product business model. It's just, you know, lots of liquidity right now is chasing after digital assets, e-commerce based assets. So what does that mean? It just means that they have a bit of a heavier concentration, sales concentration, selling online, period, no matter where that might be. Um, and they're more focused on converting the consumer online than they are say offline, where you might have a wholesaler that's, you know, only selling B2B to distributors, directly to Target, directly to Walmart, et cetera. But we've got plenty of clients that we've taken to market and current clients that have a retail presence, you know, and 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 we're very comfortable with all types of CPG business models. Got it. Love that. That's why you're here. So great. So so in line <laughs> with what we what we focus on here on this show. That's awesome. Um, talk about, you know, what makes a good I'll I'll say pitch, although I will say more of just like those that come prepared when you meet with them, like what is it they're doing right? You know what I mean? Like, what are the things that yeah. when you meet with a company, you're like, these guys, you know, these it's a home run. We, you know, let's bring these guys on. Yeah, look, brand is a bit of a subjective thing, but you know, you know, when they have a good brand, there's, you know, the, the hard, the hard, the hard metrics are more like LTV, uh, reoccurring revenue when it comes to um, brand loyalty, right? Um, I'd also say they've got, they understand that product is king and consumer products. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I say that and, you know, some people listening might go, well, wouldn't everybody think that way? And the reality is no. Some folks are just really trying to think with, okay, I'm going to try and grow something. And maybe I put more emphasis on growing the brand than I do the product, but you can only put lipstick on a pig for so long. Totally. Totally. And product innovation is so key and so important inside of consumer products that, Folks who come to us with really, really good product innovation strategies and product development strategies tend to be the businesses that have, I'd say, you know, would be graded more of an A because out of that, they've grown a brand. They've grown a brand through that innovation, right? Um, I'd say from a process perspective, they just have their ducks in a row, you know, and, and when you can really look into the business and all the different functions and they run it through SOPs and they've got really strong processes, sure, it, it usually is a good proxy for once you st- once you shift over to the financials, then you see the PL, the PL is going to be healthy, the balance sheet's healthy, they've right. got a loyal consumer base, you know, the branding is is nice, it's congruent, it's consistent, et cetera. They're just a well-organized, well-oiled machine. Um, and so those are the types of businesses that I would grade grade as like A plus. And then everything opposite of that <laughs> gets the F. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
That makes sense. No, that's great. Now, with your different business partners, do you each focus on certain types of companies, or how do you guys divide up the work? Yeah, so I mean, you know, we we're a, as a as a boutique, we have twelve people here. Um, you know, consisting of myself and my three partners, a transactions team of vice presidents, associates, and analysts, and also a research group. Um, we have a copywriter on staff and a graphic designer on staff, and I I also have staff for business development. So. Not necessarily. I mean, some of the partners have become a little bit more industry focused. Mm-hmm. Um, my one partner, Jason, is happens to be a bit more focused on baby um, right. and and toy, um, which is kind of interesting. Our my other partner, Joe, we joke he's kind of been more the vice guy. Um, <laughs> nice. you know, he's he's done he's done a um, you know a CBD cap raise and. Um, he's also currently has a, uh, gun accessory deal that he's taking to market. So, so we call him more of the vice guy, but, um, yeah, so not really though. I mean, we're all very agnostic and when you're working in the lower middle market, really are those revenues of call it seven to 10 up to 80, you don't really necessarily need a pure focus, but from a business development, from a business development uh, perspective, yes, there are trade shows that we go to. Um, where we just know that we're kind of, we shine a little bit stronger just because of the deal flow that we've taken to market in the past. Got it. Love that. Um, you know, you guys are, you know, you're starting your own business too, even though you're working with a lot of entrepreneurs, what would be two or three of the biggest lessons learned you'd share in like helping to grow this business? Like, as you think about your experience there, like what's been key to growth from a BD perspective? Yeah. Prepare, prepare for the bad times. Just prepare for it. I mean, not everything's going to be high fives and and roses. It's just not. You know, you're going to go through slowdown periods and you're going to go through high scaling periods. And so, you know, prepare for that. Just go ahead and mentally prepare for that. I think, you know, no one no one can prepare you for being an entrepreneur because you grow an iron stomach <laughs> and <laughs> you know you 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 learn how to shake off a lot of nerves. Um, and a lot of that just comes with pure experience, but just know what's going to happen. That's fine. Know that it's not always going to be great, especially in your first, probably call it five years. Those first five years are extremely crucial to hit the flywheel. Um, and most businesses actually, usually they are uh, tremendously succeed or tremendously fail. Um, post five years succeed, obviously lesser than five years, you see a, a larger fail rate. So sure. Just know you're going to go through the ups and downs. Also, too, you need, like, don't be afraid to go ask for money. It's okay. Like, it's totally fine. If you know, you know, a lot of founder owners, they they view their businesses like their own personal finances. And you really actually kind of have to divorce the two because you're seeing so much growth and scale. And you need a lot of money for inventory and to and for people to to manage the business and 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 to 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 grow the the reach and and conversion through digital marketing and through traditional marketing, and so you know that that's got to come from some resource and that's right. usually called capital. So don't be right. afraid if you've got a business that really needs money, it needs capital. Don't do yourself the injustice of choking the business by saying, I don't want any debt, you know, just <laughs> right. don't, don't be too afraid of it or, or even doing an equity raise too. You know, don't, don't be afraid of that. Well, that's awesome. Great advice. Um, man, so cool. Excited for what you guys are doing. And I, like I said, really love the space. So it's even more exciting and i um, sure you've got some great case examples of working with brands. Um, but share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn more, how to get engaged, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So go to 
Google and type in Global <laughs> Wired Advisors. Um, and we'll be the first to pop up, globalwiredadvisors.com. Um, we do have a valuation tool. I do it only because a lot of founder owners love to type in their numbers um, and just <laughs> see what cool. their valuation could be. <laughs> yeah. um, we have a consultation form, which is really more like a, just a deep analysis of your business. We'll spend 30 minutes to an hour really talking through that um, and what needs to be done. Are you ready to go to market? Are you not ready? What could be done to get ready? Um, so those are really two big ways to, to, to get in touch with us. That's and we really got a lot. Cool. Download our research. That's the other thing. We have a very, very big research. Uh, we just did a huge supply chain research uh, paper. We've done one on the, the rise of all this liquidity that's chasing Amazon assets. And we didn't want a Bitcoin just because. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I really like the valuation estimator. It's really cool. You guys can like yeah. plug in like your percent of sales on Amazon, direct web sales, other brick and mortar, and it starts to calculate for you. Really, really cool. That's right. Um, dude, so great having you here, Chris. Excited yeah, for what too, you're man. doing. Um, Thank you. Got to get you back on with like one of your uh, clients down the road. That'd be kind of fun. We could talk about like how you guys partnered and, and let's do uh, it. That would be really cool. But it's been great meeting you. And look forward to having you back on down the road. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.